your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. everybody to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm super humbled and excited to be here with Mr. Mike Siroc, or Hiroko. Um, not spelt the same as the good old Volkswagen. Good to have you, brother. Hey, man. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm fired up because uh, we just joined up on uh, Facebook, and I want to share this out on my page so that I can uh, share your show and the value you bring as well to my audience, man. But first of all, thank you so much for letting me be here and share with your audience and yourself, man. Blessings, brother. You know, it's it's super amazing to be here together. You know, for those of you that don't know Siroc, he's the CEO of People Building Inc. Um, he's a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, visionary, and thought leader. He's been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build people. At his core, he's obsessed with success and helping helping others achieve greatness. C-Rock is a guy who had a fire lit in him at an early age. That has that fire has truly led him to inspire others to see the greatness inside of themselves using past life events to fuel their fire. So we're here to fuel your fire. If you're watching, we're bringing it in. We're taking the intensity and we're gonna bring it bring it live, man. So super super excited, dude. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the early days, man. You know, I always share like, you know, the X factor, the big X factor, or what I like to call, you know, experiences, whatever, right? That X factor is going to really contribute to our big Y. So, you know, you know, touching base on, you know, that, that fire that was lit inside you, what were those experiences that now have been, you know, allowing you to give back now so much? Well, first of all, I love the name of your show, Resilient Minds. Resiliency has been a big part of my life. Uh, I think it also comes from being stubborn, uh, which could, could be an asset, but it's also a liability at times. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I came from a broken home, man. I was around a lot of broken people growing up, man. And I just, you know, I don't even remember my parents ever being together. And uh, growing up in that kind of, you know, scenario, first of all, I thought it was normal. I was around it all the time. I didn't know any different, but I would go to, you know, my parents one weekend and then being another parents for the week and then, you know, vice versa, a lot of child support and custody battles and court court and all this other crap. Right. And a lot of, and then step parents get involved and then there's a lot of jealousy. And as a kid, you're just sitting back and, you know, doing your thing as a kid, but also watching and observing all this stuff and not knowing why it's happening. If it's your fault, if you have something, you know, you just don't know. And as a kid, it, 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 there's a lot of mixed emotions that go on. So, one of the things that happened that was really a turning point for me, and again, I'll tell this story, uh, but I, you know, I'm not tearing my dad down by telling this story because, you know, first of all, I want to thank him for uh, doing what he did for me. Because when I tell the story, it's not coming from a victim position. It's coming from the resiliency. It's coming from being able to turn setbacks into rocket fuel. But when I lived with my dad for three years from eight to 11, there was a lot of emotional and psychological abuse that went on. Uh, a lot of things going on with the parents. And I just, was in a situation where I was kind of in the middle and, you know, I decided one day coming home from school that I had had enough and I was going to my mom's that weekend for, for a weekend. And I, I went there and 
on the way back home from my mom's house after the weekend, I was going over these hills in southeastern Pennsylvania. That's uh, the road that led to my dad's house. And I, my stomach would always be in knots, and I was always anxious to go back there. And my mom picked up on that, and she said, you know, what's going on? You know, you want to explain to me, like, why you're feeling this way? And I was nervous about sharing anything with her. But when I did, she said, you know what, man, that's not normal. Like, you shouldn't be feeling this way. As a kid, 11, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, you shouldn't be feeling like that. That's not, that's not a way to live. It's not ordinary. And so, you know, she said, look, I can get you out of the situation if you want to, or if you want to stay there, it's fine, but you need to make the decision and then you need to stick to your guns. Whatever you, follow, you know, finally decide on, you believe in, you need to stick to your guns because somebody is going to be counter, you know, counter to what you want and they're going to try to talk you out of it. So stick to your guns in life, stick to your guns. So she ended up filing court papers to get me back to her house. And I came home from school one day. My dad had these court papers in his hand and, you know, my heart sunk. And he said, you know, what's in this paper. And I, and I was like, I knew it was in there, but he said, go back to your room. And I sat in my room for five minutes, but it felt like five hours, man. And I, I just was waiting for it to come back and that, that, that revelation to come. And I'm going to have to explain myself. And, you know, he came back there and he said, you know, this says you want to move back with your mom. You know, they don't have it very well there, which they didn't. You know, my mom and, my, and her new husband, George, my stepdad, they didn't have a lot of money. My, my stepfather was very good at stretching the dollar, but they didn't have a lot of money, man. But you know what? They were happy and there was a lot less conflict going on. So I said, yeah, I, I want to move and I'm, I'm aware that they're not that well off. Now, my dad, Eric, my dad was my hero. He was a mason. He had yeah. big arms, big forearms, rough hands. Um, and I always looked up to him for his hard worker that he was. And he always had a wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket. And that wad of hundred dollar bills had a rubber band around it. I thought that was cool. So that was something that I always looked up to. He always used to flash it and all that. So when I told him that I was sure I wanted to move, he takes the wad of hundred dollar bills out. He peels one off and crumples it up and throws it at me and says, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Now, one thing to do that to a, to a kid that's coming into manhood at 18 or something like that. I don't even know if it's right to do that at that age, but for that reason, that, that, that to happen and for the purpose of it to happen, whether his feelings were hurt or whether he was really trying to teach me a tough lesson, I don't know. But I felt at that moment that my, my hero gave up on me. I felt like I was in a ring fighting and my trainer threw in the towel. And so at that moment, I, the stubborn person that I am said, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to need that money. Number one. And number two, I can't be the only one in this situation because remember, I thought this was ordinary. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go out and figure out other people that have been through this and show them, watch what happens when you do the right things after something like this happens, like a setback. Like watch what happens when you use this. And so everything I did, school, sports, work, everything I did, I tried to excel at and be the best I could. And uh, whether it was sports or whatever, I've always been known as a hustler, like just going hard and going at it. And I, I've had this animal inside of me, like, I feel like my whole life, but since, especially since then. So that story right there is like a turning point or something that I go back to that an anchor that I look back to, to guide me when I'm feeling down or things are tough or I'm doing well, but I want to take things to the next level. I always ask myself like, dude, what are you made of? And that's the show that I have on my podcast is all about turning setbacks into rocket fuel. And one last thing I'll add before you get to another question, Eric is, is, Rocket fuel is, is, is very, very intentional, intentionally named that way because fuel doesn't get you to orbit. The only thing I know, and I'm not a rocket scientist, but I know rocket fuel gets rockets to orbit. 
And what, what orbit is, is away from gravitational pull, all the life suppressors, negative people, setbacks, other people's problems. And when you get to orbit, you still want problems because you need purpose, but you get to choose the problems. And that's what we're all searching for. That's what we're trying to get to. So if you can find a way and get this concept in your head of turning setbacks, letdowns, difficulties, even including people into rocket fuel for your future, your life's never the same. I love it. You know, that moment there where you um, decided that your life is never the same, you know, there was a moment where you said, you know, you're not going to need that money. You know, you won't need that money from your dad. What changed in your belief systems in that moment to recognize, say, listen, this is what I need to do. This is why I need to come encapsulate. This is how I need to show up. Um, you know, I think that mainly the, the thing was, is that it, it had nothing to do with money at that point. It had to do with principle and the fact that I don't, I don't lose. So I may lose battles, man. I might lose little, little incidents, but I never lose the war. Because the reason and for that is that stubbornness that's inside of me. And again, that can be a liability at times because at times I won't listen to people. And that's an issue that matter of fact, I'm trying to get better at right now. At 43 years old, I'm still trying to get better. And, and one of my mentors this weekend, I sat and role played with him and I sat and role played with him. And I was kind of embarrassed at the end because I realized I didn't really listen to him. And he pointed it out to me. He said, look, you're so quick to talk at people, but you need to be better at listening. And paying attention to what's being said to you. And so, you know, I'm still losing, losing battles here or there. I'm still losing and making mistakes and setbacks and things like that. But guess what? I'm so stubborn. I'll never give up. So I'm always going to win. And that's what it was about. Yeah. I, I, I love that you there. just kept rocking it. That's cool. <laughs> I love that you kept going. It's good. And this is the beauty of being in Tulum, I guess, you know, somewhere far and being able to travel. Um, but the, here, here's the thing. Here's the coolest part is like, so as you had these experiences in this, this um, time with your mentor and you realized that you needed to, you know, um, work on um, internal and having that awareness, how was that something that, you know, you continue to make, how does that make you feel when you know that somebody's willing to hold you to that higher standard and is willing to say to you, like, look, how can you apply? approach this from a different perspective or different map of the world or a different lens, however you want to call it. And what does that come up with you? Because I know that in my own experience in the past, I would, my ego would show up and say, no, no, no. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Whereas maybe that has changed over time for you. I know for me it has, right. Um, we continue to appreciate that, um, in a different way. So how does that show up for you, Mike? Well, so first of all, um, I always talk about street smarts versus book smarts. And uh, I really think, and this is just, guys, this is just my opinion. So, um, but I think that you need street smarts because street smarts is where the hustle and the action is and where you learn um, things, you know, common sense, being able to read people. And it gets you a certain point and it can get you pretty far, but it still only gets you a certain point and then you hit a ceiling. And then when you come against that ceiling, you're, you're, you keep going. And, and if you're street, street smart and a hustler, man, you're just stubborn. You just keep pounding, right? But at that point, at, you know, a few years ago, I started hitting that ceiling. And I'm like, man, something's not right. Now, I dropped out of college as a 4.0 student. I had 13 classes left, but I was ready to go make money and hustle and, and be that street smart guy, right? The book smarts were kind of not interesting me at that point, And I wasn't very engaged. 
So when you hit that ceiling, wherever that time is, for me, it was around 40. You hit that ceiling, you're like, man, I got to add something to the mix. Something's missing here. And that is where my friend knowledge comes in and book smarts come in. And you team that up with street smarts and then you're unstoppable. So the, the last three years I've been on the journey, a knowledge journey, seeking out mentorship, seeking out anything that I can learn to look and find my blind spots um, and just looking for other people that have been to where I want to go or are where I want to go and also have what I want. And so I redirected my focus on that and it's changed my life, but it's also allowed me to help other people. And so this weekend especially was a good, good thing. And it's the reason I, I'll invest time and money into this all day long being with mentors is because they allow you to see your blind spots. And if you're willing and open, again, being stubborn is, can be a liability, right? This is the liability part of it. When you're stubborn, you're not willing to listen to people and hear people. So that's what I've been working on. And it's been helping me is I allow people to tell me where my blind spots are, allow me to tell me where I can be better and help be better serving to other people. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's where it comes from for me, man. Describe that process because I'm certain that you also, you know, we always talk about like, you know, how students are the best teachers and teachers are the best students, right? And you and people building, right, in your business, you, I'm certain that you're able to also pass that down, right? You know, we all have that sense of immersion that we need to be a part of. So describe that process, how you're able to pass on that brilliance, that knowledge, that expertise to the people that you serve so that, you know, if anybody's on here and they're curious and they're like, man, I love Mike. I love his energy. I love how he's, you know, what he's made of, you know, how would that be something that they could be either doing on themselves or maybe reaching out and asking more about that would, would be valuable for them to, to see what they could do to reach out to you. First of all, it all starts with yourself. So one, you got to be committed in what you're doing. You got to be willing to work on yourself and, and find out where your blind spots are and how you can better yourself and then take action on those things and be consistent with it. So I, I, I'd like to talk about the three C's and that's, you know, being committed, being consistent, and then having, getting the confidence from that. And if you work on those three things right there, commitment, consistency, and then developing your confidence, then you're working on yourself and then understanding that all eyes are always on you. Like I always, you know, I wake up in the morning, man. I know people are watching me. I know my wife's watching to see what time I get up in the morning. My kids are wake when they wake up, if I'm not up before them handling business, I don't think that, 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 you know, shows well to them. So I know that then I'm on top of my team and working out and sharing yeah. that with my team, being a role model and example to people. That's the first way that I was able to help people as a young kid when I was 11 was I didn't know how I was going to help people, but I just knew I was going to help people. And the one way was being a role model. So I think that everyone needs to start there working on themselves and then developing consistency to, sh to share with the world of what they're willing to do before they try to teach others. And I think like you just mentioned is like that action. So, so being able to live by what you talk about, not just preaching it, right? Like it's like, I find so many, so many times um, we forget that, you know, action or action trumps the knowledge every single day of the week. You talked about street smarts over book smarts, right? Like it's the same kind of iteration of that evolutionary um, leader so that we can continue to be resilient in that element of like willingness to push through, you know, be stubborn, stubborn with success, <laughs> stubborn with intention, but doing it in a way that's like it, it coming from the positive perspective, which I'm, which I'm loving. So with these values and these intentions that you have, like you want to show your team, 
this element of leadership, this element, you know, show show to your family how you're able to, you know, really have that in, enhanced living from the right from the morning. Tell me how you're able to really, um, you know, bring your rhythm in through the morning. Like, what does your current morning, you know, rhythm or, or you know, some people call it routine um, look like that to get and start gathering your best ideas? Uh, well, first thing I wake up every morning, I, you know, and I know a lot of people have talked about this, but this is just, again, this is what works for me. I always say thank you as soon as I wake up. Because here's the thing, I believe in a God, I believe in a higher power, and I've witnessed some things from that, and my faith in that has grown. But I say thank you, first of all, when my eyes open, I can breathe, I'm, I'm like hum a little bit, make sure I have my voice is there to be able to help people. My fingers, I wiggle them, I wiggle my toes, it might sound corny, but I do that because man, hey, I got hands, I got feet, thank you. Thank you, man, I can move my legs, I can move my body, let's go, hop up, let's roll. Thank you for my family, my health. I go through the list in my mind, man. And it just helps me not have anything to complain about. No matter what is going on, the things that I just thank, you know, thank God for, was thankful for, take the place of anything that I could possibly complain about. That's number one. Number two, I always drink a lot of water. So I, the first thing I do is I drink a big thing of water, about 24 ounces of water the first thing I wake up just to get myself hydrated. And then from there, I, I write my goals down and look at the day, what I have going on in the day and remind myself of what I want to accomplish. And that gets me going and I hit the gym, man. And, and you know, whether it's running or lifting or, you know, I, I, I go pretty hard at the gym. So um, that gets my day started, gets me going and fired up to ready, ready to roll. So that's, that's the things that I do in the morning. I try to be very consistent with it. Um, I can't lay around. Some people lay around like once a week or something like that. I cannot do that. I got to get up. As soon as my eyes open, I'm up, I'm ready to roll. Uh, I feel like something inside of me like really gets annoyed with myself if I lay around, uh, laying around watching TV, even, even sports. I don't watch sports much anymore because I just can't sit still because I feel like I have so much to accomplish. By the way, 40, when I stopped being just street smarts and I started adding knowledge, I realized that I should have did it earlier. And I realized that my window for impact on this world is smaller than it could have been. So now I need to have a sense of urgency and I'm packing everything I can into small amounts of time as possible and really just continue to pack it in. And then when I have a vacation with the family, then I refresh and relax. And, and even then it's hard, but I got to kind of force myself that that's when I can just let it go a little bit. So that's what works for me, man. Amazing. And I think that that's, that's a precursor to a great day, right? Like, you know, for anybody that, you know, that maybe is hearing, you know, a morning routine like this could be positive or is something that, you know, they would love to model and maybe somewhere at the beginning of their business right now, you suggest when they're thinking constantly about the how, you know, and, you know, the tyranny of how, you know, what would you tell them, you know, maybe, a, a, you know, three, three key things that they can really do at home or get started on focusing to getting and creating that resilience in their mission or putting their expertise out there to really start um, living the life that you know, perhaps they thrive or want to achieve. What would you say you know, to somebody that maybe you know here listening now or maybe later and a little bit uncertain about you know what the next steps need to be to really encapsulate uh, the the what or the why? You know, here's the thing. Some things I struggle with a little bit is um, 
I've learned so much in the last few years that I forget that I learned it and I didn't always know it. And so some of the things in my mind, I, I don't share a lot of times because I'm like, oh, everybody knows that. But you know what? I'm going to say some things right now that you may know and they may be simple, but you may not. So I'm going to share. I'm not going to assume anything. Number one is you have to know what you want. You have to be clear on what you want and it has to be something that moves the needle. It has to be something so big or exciting that you have to be willing to give up something or sacrifice something to get it. So that's number one. You have to do that. If you don't do that, you're not, you're just like moseying around and, and randomly. And to me, that's not the way to live life. You need to be clear on what you want. Now, here's how you do it. To me, I, I always think about, okay, if I was in a desert and I had a lamp that I ran into and I was able to have a genie pop out and get three to five wishes, no limitations, no impossibilities, nothing, what would they be? Because here's the thing, you know, some people get limited on this. They'll write something down and it just doesn't excite them. It doesn't move the needle. So then anything else that comes in that would counteract that, they go with it because the, the, their commitment wasn't towards something big enough. And so this is some things that I learned from my mentors is have huge, huge, huge goals that make you excited, that move the needle, that make, that make you want to do something and give up something to do it. So that's the first thing. Then from there, it's the, the three C's I talked about. Commitment to it consistency with actions to go towards that micro like that that target with micro targets and then three the confidence that comes from it ride that confidence so here's the thing too like when you're when you're wanting something every decision that you make every action that you take every thought that you have either takes you towards what you want or takes you away from what you want it's not complicated it's either going towards going away good bad tearing down or building up that's it and so that's how I live my life. I keep it simple and that works. And if you guys do this, if people that are listening to this, you do this, first of all, everybody wants what they want. Like if you could have anything you wanted, you would want that, right? So why not go for it? There's, there's nothing stopping you except that they're just making a decision to do it. And if you try your whole life to do it and go after your fantasies and you come up just a little bit short of your fantasies, that's a pretty darn good life. Because Eric, 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 and why, why here, just to give you an example, why do you living in Mexico? Why are you living in Tulum, which is a beautiful, like paradise? Why, why are you living there? Because I honestly feel like I'm more plugged in, excited for life. I'm appreciating it here so much more. And I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in my element. So I feel more creative. I feel more in tune. I feel more in set. I mean, I'm excited every day when I wake up with full of gratitude and grace. And, and literally, you're talking today about like um, waking up in like, you know, in your eyes. I, I can't wait to open my eyes because I literally can hear the waves. And, you know, I put myself into this immediate state immediately. And now I can serve my clients even more. Right. Right. But you made that decision. Like, where did you come from? I was in, before that, I was in Toronto and then Australia and before that, Edmonton in my hometown, Canada. Right. So you were there. You could have stayed in your hometown the rest of your life, right? But you made a decision because you wanted something. And most people can't even imagine living in Mexico. They, and they would want to, but they just can't even imagine living a life on the beach. But what was different is you made that decision. You knew what you wanted. You made a commitment. You made the consistent actions to do it. And then you got confidence out of that. And that led to you living in Tulum right now. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's fascinating. You know, we talk about this experience of like living in Tulum. I remember three years ago, just, you know, traveling the world and saying to myself, man, you know how nice it would be to stay some of these places and just like pack up and like do it. And I, when I got here, man, I, like third or second or third day, I fell in love with it. I'm like, I'm staying here. And I sent all, I got all my stuff sent um, directly here and <laughs> it's home now. <laughs> that's awesome. Action. That's, that's, yeah, absolutely, man. And see, here's the thing. Anything that would have kept you from it that you might've thought that it was an asset to you or something that was something that you needed in your life, you gave up because anything that was holding you back from going there, you made that sacrifice. So because living there was so powerful that you were willing to give up these other things, that's how we have to start thinking, man. Absolutely. And, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that want that, that have that like dream of it. And it find it super exciting that we can now embody that. And hopefully through our actions, like you say, we can empower others to do the same. 100% man. Absolutely. That's how I'm rolling. I love it, dude. So, so, you know, Mikey, you're giving up so much tremendous value to the audience. And I just want to, I just want to, first of all, say thank you. Uh, but more importantly, I'd love to really understand maybe if some people sometimes come at you with opposite views, you know, and I'm certain they did that people do right. Um, how do you really respond to some of these opposite views or experiences from you? So in the past, uh, you know, again, I'm not the, I'm not perfect. So I'm continuously working on myself. So I, you know, what I've been trying to do over the last couple of years is really be, you know, open-minded and try to hear what people think. But at the end of the day, if I remember my mom said, stick to your guns, if I really believe in something and I've seen results from it and I know it works, you know, I, my job is to, and my, my, my obligation is to share that with people so that they can see the results. And if they don't believe it and they're counteracting it, eventually they, they have to, they have to leave my circle because I don't want people holding me back from what I'm trying to do, which is to help hundreds of millions of people turn setbacks into rocket fuel. And so I, I, I mean, I'd have to hear a specific argument to understand, like if somebody didn't agree with that, uh, because I've seen it work so many times that it's, it's a, it's not a, um, you know, a, a theory it's, it's actual fact and uh, a proven, proven system. So I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, give me, give me a specific on that. Yeah. So, so say, you know, when it comes to, you know, you wanting right now um, to create, um, make it, make a huge change. It's like, it's like when Steve Jobs says, you know, um, you know, the, 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 the ones I want to change the world are usually the crazy, you know, the crazy ones, the misfits, right? So if people are telling you like, Mike, you're going to go and help millions of people, or you're telling people that you're going to go change millions of lives and they're saying, yeah, you know, good luck. Um, and you know, I've encountered that too. It's like people think that, um, you know, three years ago when I set out to work online and travel the world, they're like, everyone's doing it. Or people would tell me, you know, this is, it's so saturated. Or they would say to me, um, things like, you know, keep dreaming, buddy, you know, things like this, like seeing in this perspective, how, and I know that for myself, I responded to that in like, I'll show you. And now when people tell me things where they're, they're, you know, may have, may say things that maybe about the um, what I'm noticing is the constant decision for me has become 
I'm, I'm going to do it with love and intention and just want to um, really create this um, belief system because I know where I am and I know what my intention is and I know how pure it is. And whether you believe in me or you don't, I know that I'm going to continue to persevere and be resilient regardless of what your belief system is. Because just because you don't think that you can do it does not mean that I can do it. Yeah. Have you heard of the law of the mirror? Say again. Have you heard of the law of the mirror? The law of the mirror. So people project themselves and what their issues are onto you. So if anybody says to me it's saturated, it's because they've given up on the, the, the fight to go after it and dig into the world and do better than everybody else that it might be saturated with. Uh, they use that as a, as a crutch or they use it as a reason not to go after something and then they'll sit back and not accomplish anything. So anybody that says anything negative to me, I use it as rocket fuel. I, I need that. Like I want more of that. Like give it to me. Now if people don't do that and they're coming on my train, that's great. That's going to push me. But what's going to push me further is the people that say, yeah, that's saturated. Oh, you're not going to be able to change the world. What kind of impact are you going to have? I love that, man. That, that just because I know if it's saturated, I know nobody's going to outwork me. Like to me, I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to put more content out than everybody. I'm going to put more quality and more care, more intent. So there may be, it may be saturated with a bunch of people that are average, but not, not people like me. So that's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, I'm, my job, remember my job, I know is people are watching me and my job is a role model to show people what's you know, available to them out there and what a normal, ordinary guy like myself can do. And so that's what keeps me driving. So I want more of that, man. I look for setbacks. I look for problems. I don't run from them. And I think driving right right towards them, like you said, you know, you 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 have these setbacks, setbacks, quote unquote, right? And I, I right when you say that, and I think of like you know, uh, the good old Rocky, right? Like you know, fall down, you know, five times, get up six, or whatever you you know, like it's not how many times you can fall down, it's how many times you can fall down and get back up. And and you know, I'm certain there's been some sort of um, experiences in your life that have set you back. So do you mind sharing something that may have really allowed you to like feel this setback at such a like, like um, embodied level, but you decided and committed and said, I don't care. And, and because it, throughout our journeys, what I've noticed is there is a constant ebb and flow and we always want to be somewhere, <laughs> somewhere further, but we're always where we're supposed to be. Right. And so sometimes there's these quote again quote unquote setbacks that we accomplish or appreciate or experience and it i know that it happens for us you know not to us and we learn so much as a result of them but maybe you can point in something that you know has given you you know a recent setback and you realize hold on a second this is something that's actually going to catapult me to the whole next level yeah so i have a mortgage group that uh i manage with a couple great friends of mine and we were one mortgage company and we were doing well, but you know, there was some things that went on with leadership and you know, that happened with that company that we ended up losing over a million dollars and we lost some employees and we lost our whole company basically crumbled. And one was, and again, I'll take responsibility for this. I mean, hundred percent responsibility is the fact that I didn't demand a better culture from the leadership. I didn't demand a better uh, environment and I didn't search out and seek knowledge and mentors at that time. But we built a company to $10 million in revenue 
and it took us about seven years to do it and learning on our own and just grinding, but it came crumbling down. And at that moment, somebody, you know, there's money that was missing and things that happened that to us that just wasn't right. Now, again, I'm not playing a victim because I could have done, did something to change that. So I, what I did was took the lesson, learned from it. Instead of going after someone legally and lawsuit and all that jazz, I decided and chose to go in a different direction, which was to turn it into rocket fuel and explode a new business. And now in two years, we took that, that company, we switched to another platform and we took it back up to close to $10 million again. Uh, but this time it only took two years. And so, um, you know, that's an example. And then we rode that whole thing. Like we rode and used all the stuff that happened at that company. The people that were bad to us are turned on us. The people that took advantage of us as a group, because here's the thing, Eric, I go approach things with with a great intention for everyone to win. I have good intentions. It's never just about C-Rock. It's not about me. I always want everybody to win. I want to grow and help people. And when people, despite me being like that, turn against me or do things for themselves and not worried about the team and, and everything like that, that fuels me. And then I get everybody on board and I rallied the troops and I took 22 employees and started a new company two years, like I said, and now we're up to 40 plus employees and now we're on a mission and now we can't be stopped because of that happened. If that didn't happen, I might've just stayed moseying along. And let's say that that leadership didn't do what they did and we just kept moseying along. We wouldn't have been in a situation where we are today, where we have unlimited income potential and a team around us to take us to the moon. Talk about resilience, my brother. Now that is the key right there, right? Um, and these are the type of things that it doesn't matter where we're at um, in our journey of success, quote unquote, again, you still have to find that perseverance, that resilience, that intention. There's always a new step and another opportunity that, you know, we have to get uncomfortable about. So to anybody's listening, you see, it doesn't matter what level you think you're at or you're not at yet. There's always an opportunity to grow more and, and learn more and appreciate more and have this new version of yourself, this new identity that we need to continue and, 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 and never endingly evolve, right? It's like Tony always talks about um, constant and never ending improvement. And, you know, for me, that has been like a, a, a intentional way of living because if we live intentionally in that manner, then none of these circumstances that happen, like just happened, you know, to you, Mikey, it's like, we ended up spending time, you ended up spending time with, you know, somebody that really meant a lot to you. And then all of a sudden, instead of, you know, like going to the low flying disc, like, uh, Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks, if you're familiar with her, um, would say you stayed in the high flying disc and you crushed it. Right. And, um, it's beautiful to, to, to see that. And the common, I believe the common thing in leadership and in business and like growth and, and opportunity is like, it's an intellectual sport. It's a resilient sport. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual journey that we continue to evolve as leaders, as conscious leaders, as conscious creators to really want to serve. And it's not about, like you said, it's not about C-Rock. It's about the team. It's about wanting to come together. It's about the, the collective, how we can serve more. So bro, you've given us such a beautiful path to success that I just want to thank you. What would you say is one reason why people fail? Well, I can tell you one thing, you know, quitting, obviously quitting's one, but um, you know, one thing I wanted to point out, like the, I, I say, it's not about C-Rock. It's not about Eric. It's not about 
Tony Robbins. It's not about yeah. Grant Cardone. But, but what's the difference between Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, and then somebody that wants to do the same things they're doing, but nobody knows who they are, right? So what, what one thing I want to point out is you need to get known by people. You need to get known by people to be able to help people. If nobody knows who you are, you're not going to be able to help anybody. So in a, in a way, a lot of times, you know, we're going out there, we're putting our shows out there, we're, we're putting content out there. And a lot of people look at it as self-promotion, shameless self-promotion, right? I've heard this before too. These are the people that come at you and, and they, they've quit on themselves. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that I have a, 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 a clear intention to help hundreds of millions of people. And I cannot do that if I'm not known. So that's why I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm obsessed with getting known. I'm obsessed with putting it out there, becoming a celebrity in the space. And that's why as, as, uh, as much as Tony wants to help people, he's still got known. He's still focused on getting known, right? So I just want to put that out there and clarify that. Absolutely. I think that it, and it's all with integrity. It's all with that integrity-based influence that we want to really serve, right? With that ethical and logical and emotional connection that we're able to do it because that is really the, the, the pivotal foundation of being able to influence, right? And serve. And it's not about influence, oh, I, I, you know, like uh, unethically. It's about doing it with integrity because we know that we're living it. And as a result, we're teaching it or serving others to do the same. Right. Right. So I think, exactly. it's, I think, it's, I think, I think you nailed it right on the head, bro. And, and so, so, so when it comes back to, you know, why people would fail, you mentioned quitting is, is one key component. Is there anything else that you um, think people do or, or, or why, yeah. why is one reason people would, fa would, would fail? Yeah. I, I, I had so much things in my, you know, knowledge in my head and things I could say, but I got to go back to the same thing over and over again. If you're not excited, if your if your thing that you want, your why, your goal, whatever it is, your vision is not big enough to move the needle to make you give up something or sacrifice something or change something, you will fail. Yep. So I have to keep going back to that because it's that important. And when people finally grasp that, then what happens is they start to figure out, okay, I need to remove all obstacles. And that's mm -hmm. something that I say all the time. You have to remove all obstacles to get what you want. And obstacles could be people, by the way. Because the people around you need to be supporting your dreams or they need to exit stage left. And you can still see them, still hang out with them occasionally, but they can't be a part of your life and steal your dreams. Reasons come first. Answers come later. That's right. Yeah, I love it. So, brother, um, last question. I want to make sure that, you know, I know we're running out of time here. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, really paying attention to the clock here. So if you had three days left to live, what would you do? I would take all my money and I would invest it into the internet on social media. And I would put my content out and I would film videos and make sure that I got all the most important things that I wanted to get out to the world, out to the world so that as many people could see it as possible because yeah. I would want to impact as many people in the final times of my life as I possibly could. And then, you know, my family could benefit from that in the future. And so, you know, a lot of people would hoard money or try to pass it down. I want my kids to go make their own. You know, I want my wife to go make her own. I'm going to help her while I'm here and all that. But I want them to be able to go out and be confident that they can fulfill what they need and what they want in life. But so I would take all my stuff and then push the message out as many people as possible. That's beautiful, bro. 
do you have any final um, question or anything that you want to share? Any any final statements? Any anything else that you want to share? Yeah. So to get this message out, I've been working on a book. It's it was called What Are You Made Of. That's the podcast name. Go search it out. Listen to the podcast. I have some great guests on there. Um, and but the thing is, is that I changed the book to Rocket Fuel. The name Rocket Fuel because that's been such an impactful statement uh, in what I'm trying to preach. So. Uh, Rocket Fuel is coming out the end of this year. If you follow me on Instagram at Mikey C Rock, M I K E Y C R O C, um, stay in touch with me there. You'll be able to get free copies, e copies of the book, um, and the pre sale will be up shortly. But also, right now, if you subscribe on my website, you can get a copy of the, the e copy of the book when it comes out for free at themikecrock.com. So any themikecrock.com and again your Instagram handle in case anybody wants to reach out to you is that is Mikey Mikey, Mikey C Rock. Yep, M I K E Y C R O C. Beautiful, bro. So I'm really excited. So anybody, you guys, go check Mikey out. Subscribe to the podcast. Get in on that pre-sale of the book. You gotta go listen. You know this man has brilliance coming out of him every single day. The content that he delivers is beautiful. And, you know, first and foremost, just, you know, go have a listen, take in all this, this knowledge. And I hope you really, you know, share, like, comment on this podcast, you know, tag me and Mikey in it. We'll share it. And we look forward to, you know, spreading the good word of, of, you know, how, what are you made of, you know, how we can continue to be resilient and bless you, Mike. Thank you for coming on. And I appreciate you and we'll, we'll talk soon, my brother. Thank you, Eric. And thank you to your listeners for listening, man. I appreciate it. Much gratitude to you. And you do a great job, brother, by the way, on your show, man. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you soon.